Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey there, and welcome to episode eight of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So we are recording this a few days before it will go live, and as of now, Sarah's kids are just finishing up their last day of school. Finally. We've got to be the last people on the planet, I think. (laughs) And we just got our kids' report cards in the mail, so for us, the the year is officially over. Feels done. Yes, it's done now. So um, yeah, so we're looking forward to this today's topic which is going to be all about getting kids out into nature. And we're going to focus in on camping for a while because that's something that I think a lot of families want to do. But um, sometimes we feel a little intimidated by it, especially with little kids or Mm -hmm. maybe don't have a lot of experience. Or maybe you loved camping when you were younger and just haven't really been able to figure out a way to make it work as an adult. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sarah is not a camper. Well, I would like to be a camper and I grew up a camper. So okay. I'm in that, I'm in that in between that you just mentioned, which is I grew up camping. I wouldn't say avidly all the time, but enough that it was at least once or twice a year growing up as little kids. And then, um, I feel like camping was like something even friends did together in middle school and high school. Like that would be a sleepover or a Mm -hmm. birthday party would be just a quick overnight. So I camped basically until I was through high school and then I have not camped since. So I'm totally in the in-between where I've not started camping with my own family and it feels a little daunting, but I did camp a lot growing up. So it's funny because I just wrote a post about making camping easier on yourself yesterday. And in the intro, I said, I've heard people say before that there are two kinds of people in the world, those who (laughs) camp and those who do not. But I think there's a third category and that's the people who used to camp, but then stopped for whatever reason or would like to camp, but just can't figure out a way to make it work with their circumstances, whether that's little kids or or whatever it is they're dealing with. So we are campers. We're not, you know, I would say like you, we're not super avid. Um, We usually camp a couple of times a summer, Um, but we kind of have our, we, we sort of have our routine down now mm-hmm. and we've come up with some strategies for making it easier. And I would say it's one of those things, like, it seems like such a simple thing and it is such a simple thing, but some of my best childhood memories are of camping Yeah, and I want my kids to have that too. So, um, so I guess Sarah, what is, I, I wanted to start with you because you're the one who's yeah. kind of looking at this <laughs> and you're going, uh, yeah, I know where to start. Where to start. So what do you yeah, feel like is an obstacle? Yeah. What are your hangups? Um, I think like, you know, I'm a logistics person. So my brain goes right to like just gear and we, you know, it's not that hard. You can buy a tent for inexpensive. We could borrow one. Um, so we could in an hour of planning and a few Google searches and a quick trip to the sporting goods store, I'm sure we could head out for a camping trip, but I'm just one of those people whose brain gets caught up in making those things seem bigger obstacles. So maybe I'll ask you, did you guys acquire gear over time? Did, um, like, you know, are there tents for yeah. big families? Do you have multiple tents? Well, <laughs> Help we, me yeah, we, okay. So I'll start from the beginning. It's a very good place to start. Um, when Jacob was like two and Isaac was a baby was when we bought our first family tent. Um, 
that was like the first time I'd been to an REI store. <laughs> and I don't know if you've spent much time in, in an I REI know. store. No, I've been in them here and there, but yeah, it's like, it, it makes you, I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes of um, the style hour where Shana and I talk about things like sports sandals always make me think like I'll become the kind of person who <laughs> yeah. wants to walk on wet rock, yes. like wet rocks <laughs> across the stream. So I, I walk into an REI and my mind is boggled with all of the sporty outdoorsy people I could be. Um, but the thing that felt really doable, you know, and uh -huh. looking at kayaks and other right. things I had no idea how to use, I looked at tents and I thought, tents, I can do that. I've mm -hmm. camped before. I know how to do a tent. So we got just a really simple um, one-room tent. And that tent has since gone by the wayside. I, I mean, we've moved a bunch of times. I think it might have gotten a hole in it. Um, right. But we did get another tent at some point that that um, sleeps, I think it sleeps six to eight is what it's advertised as. Mm -hmm. We can technically all still fit into it, but we are wedged in like puzzle pieces. <laughs> I mean, it's like John and I have an air mattress, so we, we're at the head and then kids are wedged at our feet, you know, but on the floor and then right. bodies are everywhere. So we definitely need to either get another one. We've talked about maybe getting a pop-up. Um, okay. Okay. So pause. Yeah. Wait, do you bring... The, an air mattress for you guys? I mean, these are things like I haven't thought of because I was well, only a kid and who didn't care about sleeping on the yeah. ground. So do you bring we do now. an air mattress? I don't like, think – it's not a necessity. The reason okay. we started bringing it was because when we camped, when we had like small nursing babies, right? Um, I didn't really want to be like laying on the ground in a right. sleeping bag trying to nurse a baby in its right. own sleeping bag. So we kind of made it more like a bed. Like we would have a bed for the adults right. and the baby. Um. Since now, I mean, now I could just sleep in a sleeping bag on the ground. It wouldn't really be a big deal. I'm not night nursing. Or I'm not nursing right. at all. But, you yeah. know, um, it wouldn't be a big deal now. But, but yeah, that was why we started kind of went in that route. <clears throat> so other than that, I will say the only equipment we really had to get started. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is we could have actually probably just used our parents' sleeping bags and tents if we had really not wanted to purchase anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah, we, everyone's feel like parents have, have that of, uh... stuff in their basement or garage. <laughs> My they... parents keep moving and getting rid of stuff, so oh, okay. they are no help. Um, but we do have um, our friends here. Um, it seems like we're surrounded by campers. So everyone has been like, hey, we have stuff you can borrow. Yeah, yeah. Or check yard sales or check Craigslist. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the kind of thing that people use for a while and then they move out of that phase of their life. They right. want a new one or whatever. And right. they're, they'll, they'll say, or you, I mean, you know, Target, Walmart, Meyer. I mean, all those stores have them right. pretty cheap. So I don't, unless you're going to be doing true like wilderness right. adventures <laughs> or you're going to be on, you know, really sub freezing temperatures yeah. or something, you don't need to worry about the kind of tent. Any tent right. you get is fine. Um, some are nice. Some have like, like ours had like a little lean to door, which was really nice. And I'll talk about why in a minute and something I, I covered in my post yesterday. But so honestly, for us, the first thing we really needed was something to sleep on, which doesn't have to be, you know, sleeping bags. You can sleep on blankets. I mean, there's nothing, That's especially true. if it's the middle of the summer, there's nothing saying you can't just bring some blankets and make well, them our, a little bit. And our kids all have these really cute sleeping bags that are more for indoor use. And I at first was thinking that wouldn't work, but they're, they're machine washable. So it's not like they're going to get soaking wet or anything out they there. I'm totally picturing work. like, you know, the hardcore, like camping sleeping yeah, bags. No. I think I'm just, it's just not, cause they actually have, they all three have really cute, um, warm sleeping bags. Yeah. They're just more sleepover type, of you course. know, every cute. kid has those when they're a little right. bit, those totally work, especially you live in Southern California. I right. mean, how yes. cold is it really going to get at night? No, not at all. You don't need one of those ones that, you know, you zip into <laughs> like thermal. it's a cocoon and yeah. you know, yeah. So put that out of your head. Okay. Um, Maybe you, this is already <laughs> making me feel better. The other thing I thought was helpful was to have like some metal skewers to stick foods on. Oh, okay. We have some of those actually. 
Uh, yeah. We've also used sticks you know, okay. in a pinch. Yeah. We've had the kids go find sticks. So and just do you, do you not use any kind of a little like propane stove or any of those gadgety stuff? We or have, are you going to get into this? Like, um, we have, have one or, or I have many I, questions. I can't even remember if it's us that have one or if it's my brother. Cause we usually camp with them. Somebody uh-huh. in our family has one. We rarely use it. We more likely are more likely to use it in the morning to make, you know, like breakfast sandwiches or whatever. Right. On. But we don't, you don't need it. I mean, right. okay. really, if you got it, you got it. Yeah. If not, um, hot dogs over the right. oven or over the campfire at night. I mean, someone needs to know how to make a fire right. in your group, <laughs> which, you know, if you have accelerant, anybody yes. can make no, a I'm fire. Like, actually, I am a very proficient fire maker. Okay, Again, well, it goes go. back to like, I, I at one point was exposed to all this stuff and then yeah. like fell off. Yeah. The- and any campfire and any campground you stay at is going to have a little store. Okay. That's really going to have a lot of, a lot of the the last minute stuff you might need if you forgot. Right. If you forgot trash bags, if you forgot hot right. dog buns, if you forgot, you know, wood, they'll have that there. If you forgot um, lighter fluid, like that kind of stuff, don't even worry. I mean, obviously pack it, but right. don't let that be something right. that, you know, worrying about forgetting that. Um, I think the main, the main thing, like in my brain, is that you're, it's a very different experience doing this as a dependent child, even at, even as an older dependent child, a teenager right. or whatever, because you never had to think about these things, right? No, nope. nope. you like, never had so to think about why, it. So that's why it's such a, there's such a gap. It's not, like, it's not like I've never done these things. It's just right. I have never had to think about them for myself. Right, you know? right, right. And sometimes, you know, learning how to pitch a tent on your own as an adult is kind of a pain. I mean, it's, right. they've, that's so much better though than they were when we were kids. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Don't you remember the frustration? Oh, they were terrible. Just, like, now they practically put themselves oh up and you can even yeah. get ones that literally do just pop up. Um, <laughs> not, I don't think in the size we would need, but, but you know, it, they, it's gotten so much easier. Like the little, the little, um, you know, rods that go through and yes. hold it up are so easy to work with now. It's just not, it's just not a big deal. So here was some of the tips that I gave um, okay. in the post for it's at thehappiesthome.com and this is for people who if you um maybe are just getting back into camping or maybe you have you know there are definitely phases of life when camping was less fun we were pretty hardcore about just making it work so we made it work but there were yeah, that's that's there, admirable yeah there were times where maybe i didn't really need to do it so one was when we had bolting toddlers and i'll never forget <laughs> william was the the worst you would just put him down and he would just take off now what was interesting is he was a really well behaved kid in any other circumstance, but something yeah. about the I dark. I think last episode we talked about yes. how sweet and easy he was as he a baby. He was very easy, but something. All right, when he William. Was about, now we know. Yeah, when he was about eighteen months old to two and a half, something about all that large expanse of ground <laughs> and then the dark. He would just oh, take God. off, oh, my God. and he'd be tripping over tent stakes and stuff. So I took his car seat out of the car and I strapped him in it. That's so genius. I know. And then he just had to sit there. <laughs> like around the campfire. And we just gave him marshmallows and stuff. That is, yeah. that is the best thing ever. Yeah. It I, was... Do you have a photograph, please? Oh, you know what? It was so dark. I probably don't. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> I didn't figure that out until one night and out of desperation. I was like, what am I going to do? This kid won't stop taking off. Um, the other thing that made it kind of a bummer was when the kids were little and still needed to be sort of be put to sleep. Uh-huh. And especially if, if they weren't great about sleeping not in their own bed. That right. could be a problem. So that might be a time when you might want to do what I call camping light. And we actually did this a couple of times. We would either visit people at their campsite mm-hmm. or we would get a campsite and just stay there until bedtime and then go home. Okay. So we would do the fire. Yeah. We would do the marshmallows. We would yeah. stomp around. The kids would, you know, ride their scooters or whatever all around. Right. And then we wouldn't pitch a tent because what was the point? At night, you know, we'd have our chairs all set up. And then right. like at dusk, we would just all, you know, put the I fire out. 
pile in, go home. And I love that. And it's like yeah. practice camping too. It's like practice maybe camping. as they get excited for, I'm thinking here we have beaches, we have state beaches right. that have big fire pits. So you can go, you can go do a bonfire and you could do the same thing on the beach and you'd yeah. be outside and see the stars and. Yeah. Yeah. It is like a practice and it kind of gets you, you know, if you just go for it, make a day trip out of it, you start to realize like kind of what you need, how much hassle mm-hmm. is it to get dinner on? Like, what do you, you know, what do you need and not need? So those are all things that I think, um, can be helpful. Oh, and the other kind of camping light is just camping in your backyard, which I also think totally right. counts. And it, if you get a new tent and you want to like figure right. out how to use it and how to sleep comfortably in it, camp in your backyard. Have you guys ever rented a camper or gone camping with anybody who has a camper, either the kind that, you know, a trailer camper or yeah, like I'm a thinking, full Not as adults, home? I don't think. I've slept in people's campers like on their property. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult, like if they had a gathering and you know that was some sleeping space, but I don't think I have. But we've talked I'm, about getting a pop up. We've that's we've considered that. Yeah, I'm curious, listeners out there too, if you guys are camper campers, if that makes sense. My one of my really good friends is fixing up a little camper that they bought used, and they're using it every weekend. And she has you know a toddler and a first grader, and yeah. she said it's like the best thing ever because you're out there. But if they get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you yes. know, it's yep. there, or if they're cold, or if they need a glass of water, so. That sounds also awesome. Yeah, um, I, I love that idea. And one thing that we like about the idea of the pop-up as well is you can keep your stuff in it because that mm-hmm. is one thing that can be a little bit of a hassle. Like getting ready to go camping will take the better part of the morning you're leaving. You've right. just been getting right. everything in the car, making sure you have it all, make, going out and running into the store for all the stuff you thought you had but you misplaced somewhere in the house. Um, that I think the idea of having it sort of in this thing that goes with you, yes. you know, it's really appealing. Now we would get a smaller pop-up. Um, that would just be for John and I <laughs> uh-huh, nice. and the kids could sleep in the tent. See, that's, yeah. that's a nice yeah. way for us to not have to buy another tent. Um, but I, I very well remember that too. When my parents, um, I actually, my dad, and my stepmom by this point were got a pop-up and I remember like knowing that I was now old enough to sleep in a tent with the siblings and not have my parents in the yeah. tent. And that was like, I don't know. It felt kind of cool. Like, oh, I love you that. know, and it was Fun, just like you're in this little room with your brothers yes. and sisters, and it was a good time. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah. So, um, so those are all you know ways that we've done it. Now, as far as like, now once you get into it, there is all this accoutrement, which makes it so fun. You know, mm-hmm. you can buy those little, um, these little things that you can use to make. What are they called like punch keys or something? Punch. I don't know. They're called some kind of pies, and you oh, make okay. them with bread. Like you put jelly inside of them, and then you put them over the fire. Oh. And it turns them into sort of like this homemade pie sort of thing that's all melty inside so do you make it at home so is wait no you so sorry i'm not describing this very well you it's a piece of like it's like a sandwich like a jelly sandwich but it like smushes the bread and crimps the edges and then cooks it over the fire so is the thing you're buying the apparatus the apparatus like the metal apparatus to hold it so you are providing the food to put in the little yes exactly clamp exactly exactly and those are you could make like a panini yeah sort of yeah 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 (laughs) But much less good for you and less gourmet, right. I think, too. Right. So just like stuff like that can be really fun. I just – it's not necessary. And you can literally go camping with a package of hot dogs and some buns and, you know, it just – you can bring – and the thing is, like, a lot of the stuff that you would be using at home is what – like, like think about having a cookout at home. Right. Those are all the same things you're going to want right. to have camping. Like, right. you need some good paper towels. You need, you know, you need your paper plates um, unless right. everyone's just going to eat off the bun, which we've also done. Right. <laughs> um, stuff like that. It's just kind of the same as having a backyard barbecue. Right. You're just doing right. it. Or a picnic or whatever. Yeah, or a yeah. picnic. You're just doing it at the same place you're going to sleep. Oh, so one other tip that I gave in my post, um, and this is something that I 
can I have to um, credit John for? And the tip was protect the per- protect the perimeter, and this came about because John is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conscientious about making sure the tent stays zipped. No uh-huh. one takes their shoes off in the tent. So we have okay. like a little lean-to area. Shoes come up, have to okay. come off with the tent zip zipped up, closed. Mm-hmm. You take your shoes off, then you unzip, then you go in. Kids are absolutely not allowed to play in the tent while we're before bedtime in our okay. house. So when we first camped, like with my brother and sister-in-law, the first few times, you know, the kids are like going crazy in their yeah. tent, and like I was like, oh man, we're so stuffy. And but man, when I got in our tent and there was not a speck of sand, yeah, anywhere, um, the beds weren't all messed up. Yeah. And there were no bugs in our yeah. tent. So yeah, I nice. think that really kind of clamping down, like keeping your sleeping space a little sacred, especially if you're a little skittish about bugs or if you don't particularly like the idea of sleeping in dirt. <laughs> um, right. Things like that really help. Well, and just having having a sleeping space that looks and feels uh, maybe closer to home or a little cozier. Yeah. I know like, you know, I haven't slept through the night in like eight years, let's right. be honest. So the <laughs> thought of like voluntarily going somewhere where I'm going to have an uncomfortable interrupted night of sleep yeah. is going to take some talking into. Now I can, I can really start to see the fun parts. Like I'm, yeah. I'm on board, but I do, I, it does sound nice to make that space at least seem kind of visually cozy. And yes. like you said, free of dirt and bugs so get, maybe have half a hope of enjoying. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, do definitely, if you can, I know sometimes depending on the campsite, you don't always, especially if it's last minute, you don't always get the best choice. Um, And there's a little bit of a trade-off if you go close to the facilities because there'll be more people, more activity. There's usually a playground right there. It can be a little louder. But you will get up in the middle of the night. Some kid will come to you in the middle of the night and you just kind of have to like say, this is part of the experience. I'm getting up. I'm going to the bathroom. There's something kind of fun about walking a trail to a bathroom in the middle of the night. And yeah. And, and sometimes I'll have to do it by myself when this is a weird thing. When I walk to the bathroom by myself, I don't use a flashlight because the flashlight scares me more. Oh, funny. Like Blair Witch. (laughs) Well, something about there being this little beam of light and then not knowing what's on the outside of the light. Oh, that's interesting. To me is like creepier than just being in the dark. I don't know why. So I carry it, but I don't use it. Um, But if the kids are there, obviously, I do that so they don't trip over anything, which they will. I mean, and everyone's going to be filthy. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. Actually, dirt, we're going to, when we talk more about nature in general, uh, dirt is like not, it's okay with me for some reason. I'm good with dirt. There's other things that I'm neurotic about, but that's not one of them. Um, So I had one more sleeping question. Are you, when you had, I know you guys, for the most part, slept with your babies and toddlers, but did you ever do like a pack and play or a little mini crib or any kind of apparatus for any age toddler or Baby? When they when they were like just at home or like on no, the road at, on camping never camping okay never. I just don't think I don't I mean I know people that do it I think yeah if your I know kid people is who really, do it too I'm just yeah. curious I think yeah. if your kid is reliant on that um it can't hurt and also it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a safe place to stick them while you're right. yeah play the fire yeah. going and setting everything up and so that could be totally useful we just didn't we had enough people. Right. bigger people to kind of carry the kids around and they didn't right. need it for sleeping. Um, we would often use their strollers as kind of a safe place okay. to stick them. Right. That makes sense. You know? Or like with William, the car seat. 
That right. Was I love that. That is really <laughs> smart. And a stroller would work for that too. Uh, yeah, it would. It would. I, I don't remember why we didn't use the stroller. I think he learned how to, I think he felt like a stroller he could get out of. Oh yeah. Violet could, you, she yeah. could be five point harnessed into that thing. And like right. in two seconds, she'd be standing up. And but it there would be was, like, there was down. something about the car seat that felt more yes. like credible. Yeah. <laughs> and they're used to it. I mean, yeah. there's some kind of a, like a Pavlovian response. There is. Like, like now once you're thinking. strapped in, you cannot get out. And that's how, that's why the car seat really worked really well. So Love that. That is great. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have to wrap up the segment. I did want to mention really quickly, since this was our sponsored segment, that one of the products that I kind of learned about doing the Celebrate Family Value sponsor, um, sponsor content with Kimberly Clark is the Scott tube-free toilet paper. And when I first heard about it, I thought, how does that work? There's no tube. Uh, but that, yeah, there's no tube. Yeah. And it's awesome it's because rolled. now it's just, yeah. it's like, Somehow it was machine shaped or something, you know. So there's just a hole, and it easily yeah. slides onto okay. the tube thing, you know. But huh. there's just no cardboard like rolling around my house, which is great, and it totally fits with camping because a lot yes. of times I do bring my own toilet paper. Uh-huh. The stuff in the uh, in the facilities is generally like one ply right. cardboard, and right. um, I'm not a total diva, but it's nice to just have some more quality <laughs> yeah. stuff on hand, and it's nice to know. You don't have to leave any waste behind when you leave. Yeah. So check that out. So definitely yeah. check out. Um, this is our final sponsored podcast. But we're so grateful to Kimberly Clark. Check Absolutely. out hashtag celebrate family values and pick up the values com to find and out more. The, I have to say the series of sponsored posts you did on the happiest home were so great for this time of year. And just really, I mean, the whole idea is sort of like simple family celebrations yeah. and, um, that's kind of our deal anyway. Right. But, um, I just felt like a lot of the things that you wrote about on the blog, I was like, Oh yeah, that's just, it's so simple, but sometimes, um, this is, we're living in overcomplicated age. So it helps to hear that, you know, turning on the sprinklers can be, uh, an evening activity in the summer yeah. and that's all your kids need. So that's I love that about this campaign. That yeah. That was... It's all stuff I would have written about anyway. So it's yeah, always nice yeah. to and, have and a, that a it's just focuses right on the family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so camping to me is part of a much larger, um, a much larger, I guess, conversation topic, uh, activity, and that is getting your kids out in nature. And that's something that mm-hmm. I feel like I read that. Have you read the book by Richard Louvre, um, Last Child in the Woods, I think? I read like called. half of it, which is, I, I have to just admit it because I don't like to abandon books like that. But I think I had a baby or like, yeah. I just was in a non-reading phase. Um, but I'm familiar with the book and its concept and I read about half of it. Yeah. Okay. So, and I don't, I think I skipped around. I mean, it's the kind of book where it's long on, here's the, here's the problem. And the problem is kids aren't doing yeah. stuff outside. I mean, basically. Have a nature kids, deficit. I yes. Think is, they have is. nature deficit disorder. They've been, there's a disconnect between yes. today's kids and the outside world and the natural world. And I totally believe that. Um, and he does offer some solutions as well, but I think sometimes the solutions have to be kind of, they have to be geared toward what, you know, toward our realities. And my reality living in a small town is not the same as yours living in suburban right. County. It's not the same as someone living in downtown Detroit or right. Chicago or something. Right. So very different. Um, but I did, what I did appreciate about his book and I think is the reason I'm using that as a setup is I think it ties mm-hmm. into what you were saying about simplicity mm-hmm. is he was saying any air, any outdoor space can be nature as long mm-hmm. as it's not and I can't remember exactly his wor- the words, but it's not as long as it's not too manicured. As long mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. rough edge between the sidewalk and the yard mm-hmm. ca- is nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it stops being nature when there's too much human interference mm-hmm. with it. 
but there's you know and you can go out in your backyard yes. and interact with nature you can go uh, take a walk down the street and look at bugs coming out of the sidewalk and and observe nature so it doesn't need to be a big we don't all need to be taking our kids on day-long hiking trips yes. for it to count as much and as I, I would think, like to think that that would ever be my reality. Well, and I think if you're kind of an intentional parent who wants to do better in these areas, it is so easy to get, like, think that you've got to go all the way. So I'm thinking of a couple blogs, one that you and I have read in particular that's so beautifully photographed and the blogger and her family live basically on a homestead farm and yes. the children traipse through the woods in their hand knitted woolens and yes. feed the chickens. And I like, I, it's so beautifully done. And I like, there's a part, an aspirational part of me that wishes that for my kids that mm -hmm. I could like turn them out of doors and let them run naked and eat blueberries. And then when you can't do that, it's easy to think, well, yep, I'm in suburbia. So yep. here's an iPad. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, those are the two extremes. So I think um, it is, it's very easy to go there, especially in kind of the media landscape that we're parenting in. So yeah. it's helpful to remember that it isn't, it's not all or nothing. It's and that not, it's the not. overgrown areas of your yard do count yeah. as nature. One thing, one thing that I think I've noticed is that being outside in that kind of nature, not just at the playground or like you said, in a more structured environment, but um, is such a good uh, age. There's no age barrier to it. Right. I find that my kids play really well together when that is the backdrop. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in, as opposed to other activities, um, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, Legos or dolls or these other things that they do, but, you know, you run up against age difference issues where one is not able to play at the same level. And I feel like it sounds kind of corny, but nature kind of removes all that and everybody likes playing with bugs and right. dirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that's been helpful for me. I feel like with the ages that my kids are right now is it is a kind of an equalizer. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's funny. I was just thinking about um, when you were talking about the blogs that we know of, they're so aspirational and beautiful and, and, and they are inspiring in a way. And I think when we could take that inspiration away and not the other part of it. Uh -huh. So I've been pretty good about that with blogs because by the time blogs came around, I was already pretty well into parenting. But when I was a younger parent, there were a couple of sites and one I'll never forget was called Mango Mama. <laughs> and this woman was raising her kids um, on like a banana farm in Hawaii or something. <laughs> I mean, it was just, just imagine exactly, you know, imagine they were like Waldorf homeschoolers. Yeah, just right. imagine all of right. the stuff in one. Yeah, that was that. And I remember really feeling like, so at the time I was living in this three, this um, third story apartment in Minnesota. We were in the middle of a terribly cold winter and I was surrounded, like the nearest thing to, that you could really walk to was a Walmart, which is like right in yeah. the middle of strip mall suburbia. Right. And I remember thinking, just feeling so hopeless. Like mm -hmm. if I can't have what she has, there's just no hope. I might as well mm -hmm. just watch videos all day. And right. um, in those days they were VHS uh, <laughs> and just stay holed up with my kids and be on the computer because there's nothing for us outside. Mm -hmm. But the irony was there was quite a lovely walking path all around our apartment complex mm -hmm. Um, and there, we were like a short walk from a nature preserve and all like all these other things that mm -hmm. I just kind of tended to not dismiss. I guess I didn't even really, I just didn't appreciate them for the simplicity of them because they were too much there and they were too mm -hmm. ordinary and everyday. Yeah. Um, and if you had that ideal in your head, it didn't right. seem to match up. Exactly. Um, now another thing, you know, I've gotten over a lot of those early parenting kind of issues, but 
even just a few years ago, we were taking the kids every year to, or, you know, not just every year, like every, every, the beginning of the summer, we'd go to this nature trail near our house and then we'd go back several times and it's just a nature trail. You just walk it. And the little kids always loved it. And the older they got, the more boring they thought it was. And then I realized like I was, I was focusing too much on the, like, we're going to start at the beginning of the trail. We're going to do the trail Mm -hmm. and complete it, you know? And when I just was yesterday at my mother-in-law's house and she just lives kind of out in the country on like you know, like an acre, but it's just a yard. It's not mm-hmm. like, it's not like she lives in a forest. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the kids were all just running around outside together, even the big ones, and no one was bored. It was because they got to choose how they were going to interact with it. And it wasn't yeah, like a great me point. forcing them through it. Not right. that there's anything wrong with nature trails. I, th- I still think they're great. And the little kids have always loved them. But I think if you're starting to enter, inter, um, if your kids are starting to get to that point where it's like, why are we doing the same walk that we've done 8 million right. times? Maybe find a place where they can just be free. Right, right. No, I love that. I love that. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And something else I've noticed too, because I have one child who in particular is very much like an inside, we call him the professor because uh-huh. he, he likes his books and his Legos. 
and he's very much an introvert and he's like, don't bother me with this. Um, and so one thing that's helped with him and getting him outside is to take a little bit of whatever he's into. He's super cerebral. He's always pretending something in his mind. And like we joke, like sometimes you have to go to where he is. Like you have to go mm-hmm. rather than ask him to join the rest of the world. But that really helps with getting outside. So he loves to pretend, you know, his Harry Potter or his battles or whatever is in his yeah. mind. And sometimes we'll just say, okay, let's just bring that outside. Like you can bring your lightsaber and we can have the battle, but we're going to do it outside over here outside. And he, once he's out there, he's happy, but that could also be, you know, and I could, I could see that with older tweens and teens as well. If it's a, if it's a pastime or like a phase where that is more kind of indoor introverted Mm -hmm. to maybe bring, you know, bring some element of it with you, whether if it's photography or the game or the, you Mm -hmm. know, something to kind of bring that outside. Absolutely. I was actually going to say the exact same thing. So I'm really glad (laughs) that same thing is I'm glad that you did, but you know, like reading a book under a tree, um, you know, that counts eating outside. And that's to me, Mm -hmm. like taking your food outside is one of the easiest ways Mm -hmm. to kind of get to make the transition. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons, like, I'll just kick the kids out every time they eat. Mm-hmm. It's like, food in your hand, go outside. You know, just because it's yeah. an easy kind of way to just, they're, they're so trained to it now. They just go and then they might be like, why why do I have to eat this outside? I don't know, because I want you outside. Um, but it's just an easy way to kind of bridge that gap between mm-hmm. the comfort. And I do it too. You know, I love being outside, mm-hmm. but I get to be very in my space, in my nice, mm-hmm. neat home, mm-hmm. and everything is just so, and it's all And controlled. the temperature, right? Like yeah, everything's, temp- just, yes, everything's just controlled. so controlled. And I live, I live where like the temperature is pretty darn perfect, but I'll yeah. be like, oh, now I need to go get a sweatshirt or now I'm right. hot out here. <laughs> right. I know. I know. And the sun is so blaring. And like, you know, yeah. so sometimes I need that transition. Mm-hmm. I'll take a magazine and go sit outside with it. Or the kids can take their toys outside. Like I don't, I, it's not about that they have to use what is in nature as all of their playthings. I just mm-hmm. want them out there and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, right. And I want them to be used to it and I want them to appreciate it. And sometimes, you know, you're playing with your Legos in the backyard and you hear a bird and you're, right. you're momentarily distracted from your Legos and you get to appreciate that bird. I think that right. all it all counts. Yes. And I was, I'm glad you brought up the bird because something else I think we're pretty good at is we are in suburbia, but we're really close to these canyons. So we have a good amount of wildlife. And even if we haven't been on a hike in a while or really been out in nature, I think we're, we all kind of get really excited when we see, you know, we get big birds of prey or, mm-hmm. you know, bunnies. And, and I think if you, especially if your kids are little, if you get excited about that kind of stuff, it's a way to just in a very small way, kind of connect with, that environment that's out there, you know, even Mm -hmm. if you're not officially going on a hike with your binoculars to bird watch, that if they see your interest in those little things, you know, when we see a bunny, we can, from our like breakfast window, we see these bunnies on the hill behind us and be like, everybody quick bunny, you know? So I think that that interest is contagious in a way and can kind of help. So let's talk really quickly about um, obstacles, because Mm -hmm. I think that that's something, and you mentioned dirt not being a particular obstacle for you. And I'd I agree. I don't mind my kids getting dirty. Um, I do have kind of a hang up about kids bringing dirt in. Yes, I yeah. Uh, so that's you know I I recognize that as my hang up. Bugs can be a thing for me. I don't like bugs. I I don't like them getting in my house. I don't like them touching me. I don't yeah. like touching them. Um, it's so funny. We had. So my mother-in-law is a total worrier, and I can say that about her on the air because she's probably listening to this. She's a worrier. Shirley, you worry. Yeah. So we're at her house yesterday, and it comes up that John had a tick on his leg two days ago, and Isaac got a tick on his leg the same day. Now, the funny thing was John and I were in Chicago seeing a concert (laughs) that day. So John picked it up someplace 
downtown Chicago. And Isaac picked it up when he was out running um, with he's on the cross country team. Mm -hmm. So he was out running and somehow got a tick. And so I said, oh, I wonder if this is going to be a bad year for ticks. And so then, you know, Shirley starts talking about ticks. And William, my 11 year old, said, well, you know, Grandma, they have to be on your body for at least 36 hours before you can get Lyme disease. Now, I have no idea if this is true or not, (laughs) um, which now I want to look it up. But it also led to this uh, bigger conversation as well about how the ticks that we often think are the the ones that you can see, I don't think are even the ones that carry Lyme disease. Okay. So like the ones we get are the big round ones. Uh Uh-huh. And I think I know, it's the little tiny ones. That look I would like believe seeds. that. I know in Arizona, when we lived there, there are a lot of ticks there, but none of them carry Lyme disease. So Lyme disease is a zero risk, but there, but you do have ticks. So maybe that's along the same lines. Maybe yeah. it's that. Well, we'll have to look it up. And I and I mean, I don't want to spread disinformation. So it could be wrong. <laughs> but he, what he said was his teacher was all worried about Lyme when they went to the nature's preserve for a field trip and was freaking out. And then when they got there and they were talking to the um, the facilitator at the nature preserve, he was like, you guys, I mean, yes, Lyme disease is no fun and it's a big deal, but you're, you're, you're not necessarily putting yourself in that much more danger being here. I mean, as, right. as evidenced by the fact that John Cobb picked one up in Chicago right. in an yeah. urban area and I've had ticks and we've all, we've all had ticks on Yeah. Us they're and, pretty gross. That, they're right no, they're disgusting. There yes. The, yeah. Um, and I had a, a summer one year when there was a tick, Clara was like two or three months old and there was a tick embedded in her tiny little bald scalp which just about killed me. Then I'm eating dinner and William didn't have a shirt on and there was a tick doing a headstand out of his shoulder. Like its head was buried in his shoulder, but its entire body was up in the air and its arms and legs, well, I guess it only has legs, were like sticking out. It was so funny. And then later, so I had to have my sister-in-law come take that one out because I just couldn't deal with it. And then that night I was, and John was out of town working. I was scratching my back and I felt this crunch between my shoulder blades and I, called one of my kids in and I said, would you look at my back? And they're like, yep, there's a bug. So I had to call my friend Missy to come get the tick out. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there trying not to completely lose it while, you know, I'm waiting for her to show up with tweezers. Um, but anyway, so I guess it's just a part of life, right? Yes. And I guess I can't, and I got that in my house. I wasn't even outside yeah. that day. Right. So I'm, I'm, if for all those bug people out there, I get you, like the people mm-hmm. who are afraid of bugs, I get it. I don't like them. I don't. I've tried to make myself not be squeamish about those things. Mm-hmm. But I am. But I actually remember writing a post a few years ago called something like Feel the Fear of Bugs and Go Outside yeah, Anyway. Yeah, I remember that one too. We <laughs> should link to that one because yeah. I think part of the tick story is in there. Oh, yes. Um, well, and I think when it comes to setting the example for your kids too, it goes a long way to try and hide that fear. I mean, because with some, you have at least one fearful kid, I know, and I have at least one, but that it is, if you pass that on, then you, then you're dealing with the anxiety of a kid who now doesn't want to go outside because of bugs. So as much as we don't like to hide things from our children, I think that's one where if you can, if you can put on the brave face and then go have your freak out moment privately. It goes a long way because they do pick up on that. And then all of a sudden they're scared. I mean, most little kids go through a phase, right? Where they're terrified of bees and flies and ants and you work through it, but you really, you don't want to accidentally pass on that paranoia. (laughs) And it's, it's funny because I, I, I know logically that mine is so misplaced and silly that when it comes to my kids, I'm like, what? That bug's not going to hurt you. Like get over it. You know, I'm so dismissive. Um, because it's not close to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and logically, there. I know it's not going to do anything to them. You know, I just, 
I, I just, you know, when when I'm near it, it's a little bit of a different story. But I've tried to kind of keep that that dismiss, kind of like the way when they yeah. fall down, you go, oh, you're fine. Yeah. You know, pick no them up biggie. again. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't mind like, I don't mind bugs when they stay in their natural, like where they're supposed to be. I don't mm-hmm. mind a spider in a web. I don't mind an ant on the ground. But I just don't like it when they get inside. I don't like it yeah. when they bridge, And the element you know. of surprise. When right. You, you know, if you open the lid or pull back something and there's a bug there, that's that's a no-go for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I guess the lesson here is you can be a little squeamish about things like bugs and you can get over it and still do stuff outside with your kids. Agreed. That there's as much, there's as much good nature out right. there as yeah. <laughs> threatening. Now, have we talked about you when your spouse is like the no person? Because that's mm. another thing that sometimes can get in the way. It's not me. I'm usually the, the yes person. But my husband's a little bit more, um, he thinks things through more mm-hmm. than I do. He can like always me. see every possible, yeah. he can see every possible outcome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some of those outcomes are not favorable. And because in his mind, I think that just like the nature thing is just not something he puts as much emphasis on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as important to him. He hasn't really thought about it as much as I have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when he looks forward and says, okay, so the kid will go outside and that's going to be great. But then that, the trade-off is, you know, they're going to, they're running too fast. and They're going to fall in the cement and hurt themselves or whatever his trade-off is. He goes right to no. Interesting. So that's been kind of a difficult, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that you kind of have to balance. Well, when, and you know, with, busy families too, when we're talking about leisure time, there's only so much of it. And if the plan is now we're not just talking about backyard nature, but if it's going on a hike or going camping, you know, you're both of you are committing a fairly significant portion of that leisure time to an, you know, to this outdoor activity. So you're right. If it isn't a huge priority, or if it's something that seems like more trouble than it's worth to one person, you know, that can feel like kind of a hurdle to get over. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, well, I relate to John, right? Because that's more my brain too, but I, I'm probably more like you in that I, it is a high priority for me and I know how important it is, but my brain works like his. So that's where I get stuck, like on the camping thing, thinking of like, I have to go get all the gear and like, what if I don't know what kind of gear, you know? So what if it rains? Right. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do with the toddler? Well, now I know about the car seat trick. So right, yeah, that's taken care of. Strap them in. Um, but yeah, I agree. You have to, it has to be um, a priority or one person is going to have to give in if that's not a priority. Right. But I think also um, kind of along those same lines, like remembering that it doesn't have to be the big trips and the big deals, but that a little a little walk or yeah. a little hike or, you know, whatever is available in your area. And maybe that's a way to win over, you know, a naysayer. Right. Yeah. For spouse sure. too. Is little for bits sure. of exposure. Now, one thing I did want to mention um, before we wrap up is something that I, I have kind of realized about myself. Um, and it's not necessarily a terribly flattering thing, but <laughs> I'll say it anyway. I, I'll forget about things that are available to us. Like I'll always think to myself, I would love to take the kids kayaking or I would love to do this or that with the kids. And that's very available to us It's mm-hmm. in our area. But if it's not like if we don't make a special effort to do something like that, it will mm-hmm. never happen. Mm-hmm. So for us, like setting up day trips away from our home for some mm-hmm. reason makes mm-hmm. it more likely we'll do stuff, even stuff that we could technically do here. Yes. I don't no, know No, I think that's true because everybody gets into their routine when you're home. Right. So you're not looking for extra Right. Yeah. So one of the things I I think I might have put in a a recent post was just to look for something a little unusual to do Mm -hmm. every week. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. Um, 
a lot of things that you might not even think are available to do with kids can be done with children. I didn't realize mm-hmm. kids could go zip lining. I mean, but they can. And that's awesome. John and I did that mm-hmm. last fall and it was, we're going to take the kids. It looks summer. so fun. Yeah. It was so cool. And I thought I'd be terrified because I don't really love heights, but it's so controlled. The whole situation, it's all so controlled that it's not, it's never was scary to me. There were a few moments where I was like, oh, I'm a little high up here, but it was fine. It was totally fine. Yeah. It looks really um, fun. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's like an adventure and mm-hmm. still gets you outside and there's just a lot of those things that you can do with small kids that you might not even really That's realize. a good – yeah, that's a really good point. That's so a really good point. So just something a little unusual. And I think the thing that I said in the post was like you don't have to like go ride a unicycle around the yard. That's not – I mean, you could. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that unusual, you know. But maybe go to a different state park than you've ever gone to or, right. you know, just try something new. And we do tend to get in our ruts, which makes even something as awesome and always changing as nature kind of feel a little – stale after a while if right. it's the same route same park right or yeah. if it feels like an obligation like okay or if it feels well, like now we've got to get outside yeah. everybody yeah uh, yeah and I'm, I'm curious I know we have to wrap up too but I'm trying to think of the things we remember about being outside when we were little you've talked in a previous episode you've talked about fireflies you just talked about mm-hmm. being in the tent with your siblings I'm just I'm thinking out loud how different our memories of being little outside are from all these logistical things we're talking about as parents. Right. So yeah. it's maybe helpful to remember that it doesn't, it doesn't ha- you're not, you're not manufacturing this perfect memory because the memories are happening regardless, regardless and yep. they are pretty oblivious of the logistics, which, they you know, that's the- what we're doing our job to make yeah. sure there's toilet paper yeah. and they won't remember the stress over running to the convenience store in the middle of the night when you're out of toilet paper. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to that, to that, um, end, I was just thinking about, you know, some of my, I guess, earliest memories of nature are my parents being absorbed, doing something completely different and not paying any attention to me at all. Mm-hmm. And me just running around my backyard, looking at things. Mm-hmm. I have very clear memories of that, you know, getting up to, um, they had just, staked a little tree like a little seedling tree and mm-hmm. I remember spending all this time like laying on my stomach looking at it and they weren't even paying attention they were over I don't know what they were doing something in the backyard yard work of some sort um I was just kind of on my own and I actually think this topic we probably need to devote another episode at some point to freedom for kids mm-hmm. and the, the whole like, the free range thing and and how much of that we can really give our kids and feel good about it um mm-hmm. and how important it really is because I think I think that's a big part of it, just that independence and not mm-hmm. having the parents have to control and sort of manufacture, like you said, everything. Yeah. And that and that is possible no matter where you live. Again, right. different in cities and suburbs and small towns and out in the country, but that the, philosophically it's possible. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll do an, we'll do an episode about that because yes. I think this time of year, it's something that parents are thinking about, like, you know, when can my kids go to the park by themselves? Yep. When can my kids yep. play in the front yard by themselves? And there is no one size fits all answer. But I think right. as parents, we need to be more open about the ways we let our kids have mm-hmm. those freedoms so that everyone mm-hmm. else feels a little bit better about it yes. and we can all stop collectively freaking out all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So much of it is peer pressure and just not knowing what's okay. Um, absolutely yeah so well this has been a really fun topic um yeah I'm not sure that we actually gave any great tips about getting kids into nature except maybe the tip is just do it and don't worry about it just do it 
don't worry about it so much and don't don't put pressure on yourself to make big excursions happen. Right. Except for me who needs to make a camping trip happen. That's what I'll do is I'll report back. Because oh, I mean really I have great. the whole summer ahead of me, right? Yeah, and for sure. Yes. It's doable. And it's now doable. I know. Now I know why that could be in the car seat or on the campfire. <gasps> yeah, Jeez. and you know, another thing about the camping thing, um, if you want to like kind of ease into it, we usually do state parks. Mm -hmm. Um, they're a little more, you know, they're not totally rustic, but they are kind of a little bit on the rustic side, but you know, like KOA camping Mm -hmm. is I think a nice way or those kinds of campgrounds Mm -hmm. that have a pool Mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about a lake. I mean, it's just little things Mm -hmm. that just make it feel a little easier. I think cabin camping is another option. A lot of places have cabins. If you don't want to invest in a tent right now, but you just want to try it out, see if a campsite near you has a cabin. Yeah, that's also a good idea. Yeah, and I think some even have, like, RVs there that you can just rent. Oh, that's a good idea. Which is another – I mean, there's just so many ways to do it without really having to rough it right. for the first time. And it's so funny because sometimes you hear, it like, flack about glamping and, like, yeah. you know, taking the easy way out. But if you have small children, you're like, yes, sign right. me up. I will take the easy way out. Yeah, and don't I mean, make yourself feel bad about it. Right, right. I mean, I don't have, like, a flat screen TV on my yeah. on my tent wall or anything, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a few creature comforts. Just to make it that much more manageable and that much more doable and enjoyable for everybody. So, well, thanks everyone again. Big um, thank you to our sponsor for the last two months, Kimberly Clark, hashtag celebrate family values and check them out at pickupthevalues.com. Like always, you can find us at themomhour.com. What episode is this, Sarah? Eight. Eight. My goodness. We are loving hearing from you guys. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Go leave a comment. Tell us about your camping. If you're pro campers or if you're aspiring campers. Yeah, um, we've just been hearing great feedback lately. So go we've leave been a getting comment. a lot of great emails, and we will yeah. say two episodes ago, if you missed it, episode yeah. six, there is a little um, freebie for you if you listen to the episode. Um, we're giving away a summer shortcuts ebook, so just mm-hmm. listen to the show, and we'll tell you in there how to get the ebook. Um, you can always email us with your questions or your comments or what you want us to talk about in a future episode at hello at the mom hour. Yep, please do. All right. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.